This is The Hash Out, a podcast at the intersection of sports and cannabis made by and for the people that love both. This podcast is intended for adults. Due to adult themes and content, listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Hash Out, the podcast at the intersection of sports and cannabis culture made by and for the people who love both. Those people are myself, Joshua, the bong rip bambino hatler, here with the man, the legend, the six's favorite transplant, the rosin ranger Chandler Songer. How are you doing today? I'm doing really great. I'm doing even better now that I'm realizing we're keeping consistent nicknames going. Uh, yeah, I just I like these ones, and I know it's not cool to give yourself a nickname, but I hope the the karma of giving you the Rosin Ranger uh, makes it okay for me to call myself the Bong Rip Bambino. I think so. You shared the love. That makes it. If, if as long as you bring enough to share with the class, you're fine. Yeah, the Hash Bros are all about the love, um, and there's a lot to love this week. Uh, besides. Both of us playing Pokemon Legends Arceus obsessively. One day we should do a spinoff of the show where we do a Pokemon-related podcast called The Ash Out. Did somebody beat us to it? I hope not. The Ash Out. Definitely not the name. Not the name. Definitely the concept. The is there a Weed and Pokemon podcast? If there is and you host it, please let us know. Yeah, yeah. Please chime in. Uh, you know, the the brand is is actually going international right now. Uh, today I found out that we had our first non-North American listeners. Uh, we got listeners in Lower Saxony, Germany, uh, out there in Hanover giving us some love. Uh, uh, ich, ich liebe dich. You know, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I love I love all of you. I love all of you. Danke sehr. Danke and sehr. I didn't take German class in high school. Anyway, uh, a lot going on in the world of sports this week. Uh, really, really huge week. Really exciting. A lot to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about the NBA and the impending trade deadline, which, uh, you know, we're recording on Tuesday evening. We've been recording a lot on Mondays lately, and I'm really happy we waited one more night because uh, it's really letting us cut into some juicy trades no, like no superstar business yet, but a lot of uh, a lot of interesting storylines going on so Some far. Pieces getting uh, so we'll get to that. But sure. yeah, but first, uh, the Super Bowl is coming Sunday. We're gonna see uh, Joey Burrow square off against against Matt Stafford and the Rams, and I think it's it's gonna be a really interesting game. Uh, there's there are a lot of pieces in play there. I think the Bengals have been driven by absolute tenacity, and there's just something that can't be overstated about Joe Burrow's capacity to win. But at the same time, on paper, you have the best D-line in the league in the Rams versus a bottom three O-line as far as blocking is concerned from the Bengals. So that doesn't bode well, and while we know Joe Burrow can take a hit, it's going to be a lot of him for to take, and you know he's going to have uh, he's going to have 
Jalen Ramsey trying to really make the game difficult for him by uh, covering whoever his best receiver is, be it Jamar Chase or be it one of the other guys going off. Uh, so this will be a challenge. Who do you think comes out on, on top, Chandler? My mind is telling me the Rams, but my body is telling me Joe Shiesty and the Bengals. Also, there was a Simpsons episode that had the Bengals beating an L.A. team 34-31 to in the Super Bowl some time ago. So I would like to manifest that type of energy. I'm certainly rooting for the Bengals, but I kind of feel like this has shades of last year's game, too. Um, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers were both very hot teams going into the Super Bowl, and ultimately what happened was even with a, you know, better than average offensive line, the Kansas City Chiefs struggled immensely when the pass rush came down on them. I'm sure the Rams are going to be going after Joe Burrow, knowing everything you just said there. Um, and the hope is, you know, he can get to the sign lighting, kind of extend the play. He has done that in a couple of playoff games so far in this stretch, but he's also shown some really good running ability as well. So... Mm. I think if he can balance the time in the pocket and not make decisions too quickly in terms of, you know, tucking the ball and running or sticking in the pocket and getting thrown into the dirt because Aaron Donald's going to be coming up his throat every single goddamn play, he could have some success. And I feel like if we manifest that, if we reflect on it, they're, you know, just as hot a team as the Rams are. And the Rams have certainly had their shortcomings over the course of this year um i think they've shown that they can be exploitable one way or another and the jalen ramsey versus jamar chase battle is the one that i'm really interested to see um i think that could go a long way towards deciding the game as well as how t uh t higgins factors into things i mean what's interesting is i don't know how much you've been looking at bets but it seems like and we'll talk about this a little bit down the road uh but jill mixon seems to really be kind of on. beloved in vegas right oh. now uh well no he seems to actually be getting a lot of uh a lot of the best odds it, it, it seems like uh vegas vegas betting suggests that uh joe mixon is really going to be like the the best offensive weapon as far as scoring touchdowns and uh you know just i think even just ultimate yardage uh and really seems to think these uh, receivers are going to be a little more neutralized. So I think a lot of that thinks about uh, the Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey matchup that we expect to see. Would you like to use this as a chance to go into the Puff Pass props? Yeah, you know what? Let's just start with that. So we're going to look at uh, some prop bets that uh, BetMGM has out currently. And we are going to change up the classic Puff Pass. Uh, instead of doing our own predictions for puff and pass and giving you something that we puff on and we pass on, uh, we are going to look at the actual bets. I think people are a little more interested in that. Uh, and we are going to either smoke a little bit if we uh, would take that bet or we'll just pass on it. You know, pass it to the next guy. We don't need it. Uh, so looking at some of the bet mgm props that really catch my eye as well as some of the most popular ones the first one i want to talk about is the first touchdown scored which is the number one bet on prop bet for bet mgm right now it suggests that uh cooper cup is the betting favorite uh to score the first touchdown at plus 750 odds chandler do you feel like you would puff or you would pass on Cooper Cup at plus 750 for the first touchdown of the game? 
I'm going to pass on that one, actually. I think this is a pretty decent, you know, odds on the plus 750 is pretty big for the likelihood I think this will actually happen. I think Cooper Cup is the first touchdown makes sense. I don't know, though. I think that's also kind of the predictable option and things that the Bengals defense are going to be trying to cover up very, very early on in the game. Obviously, Cooper Cup is, you know, the guy that's gotten you through thick and thin so far, so I'm sure coverage is going to be shading in his direction. So I'd almost give it to maybe a Tyler Higby or somebody like that. You know, I, I kind of agree. At first, I, I kind of thought I was going to puff on it uh, just because, like, plus 750, I feel like is a good value for yep. that. Uh, and I still think it's, like, a decent value, but I feel like Cooper Cup is a better value at, at plus 750, which he also is for the last touchdown of the game. You know, which seems more likely like and also kind of fits in, I feel like, more with the narrative we've seen him in uh, It's game. more more on yeah. brand, right? He's like, going to catch I, something I like, and, you know, uh, kind of break off some run after catch that has an impact later in the game. Yeah, because, I mean, like, it, I feel like if at the beginning of the game, uh, Cleveland just allows uh, Stafford to bolt the ball to Cooper Cup in the end zone or just get it to him and and he runs for the touchdown i think this is going to be a very different game than what we've been talking than what about, we're probably you know? hoping for as people too <laughs> yeah right none of us want to see a game that looks like that so i think uh we're both going to pass on cooper cup for the first touchdown uh the second one will there be a safety in the game what do you think plus 750 what are you taking here um you know, at plus 750, I kind of want to like, like not, you know, not a, not a huge bet. And for anyone, anyone who bets, we encourage betting responsibly, you know, don't, don't ever overdo it. But that definitely uh, wouldn't be like, you know, that wouldn't be a bad one at that value. I, I think I'm going to puff on that mostly because I, I want to just hit my turp pen. Understandable. Um, I'm probably going to pass on it. It's partially because I did some research. This is an interesting little factoid. Um, all time, in all of the Super Bowls that have ever Super Bowled, there have been nine safeties, which means that 16.3% of games are going to have a safety in them, if you're looking at it all time. And teams that recorded a safety in the Super Bowl are 7-2 and two straight up and against the spread. Uh, so my counterpoint to that would be, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow is the most the, the most like hit quarterback, <laughs> quarterback to get to the the uh, Super Bowl. So you know it may happen in six percent of games, but if you look in the highest percentiles of uh, quarterbacks that are having uh, blocking failures as well as some questionable decision making that is getting them major yard losses. Uh, versus a defensive line that is incidentally really good at causing major yard losses. I feel like this is the kind of Super Bowl that could hypothetically be in that six. Is it giving you like 2014 flashbacks? plus 750. (laughs) Some 200 to 1 odds on the first score being a safety in the 2014 Super Bowl. Somebody made some money that day. I don't know who it is, although I do think it's probably (sighs) – a lot more people betting on safeties or like the likelihood of safeties in general in the Super Bowl versus like those betting on it in the regular season. And that might be like a nerves thing too, you know what right. I mean? Kind of just like a pressure of the moment, but mm, a safety at all probably not, definitely not on the first play. 
because the first play is yeah. going to be Jamar Chase taking it to the fucking his house. Um, yeah. Well, this is just that there will be one in, in the game. game. Yeah, this I know. No, I understand. Play. I'm saying. So, I'm saying no to both. For, essentially. Okay. And I'm, and I'm cool. wagering that it's going to be Jamar Chase instead. I'll puff on that for plus seven fifty. It's not terrible. That's and then um, we also have field girl. Eh, field girl. Field girl. What a field. <laughs> I want a field, field girl. girl. Go to field. Okay. Um, are you field girl? Are you puffing or are you passing on a field goal being the first score of the game? Odds are plus one sixty five. Um, I can tell you right now. See, it kind of, it kind of depends. I feel like, I feel like. Uh, the Bengals starting the game with a field goal is very, very. This is likely. what I'm imagining. That um, but it, it kind of depends on who gets, you know, who gets uh, the first possession. It's true. Uh, I, so I I'm gonna pass it. on it. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna pass. Ooh, I heard that lighter. That. Ooh. Toronto Raptors. He puffing. He puffing. He puffing. He puffing. Six jersey lighter. On a field Beautiful. goal being the first score of the game. This is the only one I think. Obviously, it's the <clears throat> smallest payout because it's probably got a pretty high likelihood. But I do imagine the first possession being Bengals get the ball, march their way down the field, fizzle out about the 25-30. Evan McPherson gets his first Super Bowl field goal. We all move along. See what happens after that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty reasonable. Um, I just at plus one sixty five. There's not enough meat on the bone depends. necessarily, but I think it's well, yeah, and it just depends thing. so much on the possession situation. And I feel like uh, the Rams scoring a touchdown on as the first score uh, makes sense. Plus one sixty five. There's probably not enough meat on the bone to really be interested in making a bet on it. However, kind of going what, off of what you were saying earlier too, regarding Joe Mixon and Vegas kind of being uh, steering in his direction, we have Joe Mixon scoring three or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl at plus six hundred. Pass that yeah. shit. Don't I don't, I don't, I don't think shit. we need to talk about Get that. Get that out of my you know fucking what? face. If Joe Mixon scores three touchdowns, you can come back and bitch at me about it. Otherwise, I don't think we need to talk about this one very much. Yeah, honestly, the Aaron only Donald will reason... never allow that to happen. That is all I have to say about that. I couldn't agree more. And the next one up, I actually put the Joe Mixon one on for, uh, for comparison to this one because – this one is plus 600 for OBJ for two or more touchdowns. And honestly, I got to say, like, with what he's been doing through the playoffs, comparatively speaking, if you're telling me that him getting two touchdowns has the same odds Joe as getting Joe three. Mixon having three yeah. touchdowns, I'm going to puff on OBJ. He kind of seems like a one-touchdown kind of guy. A lot of games this season, he gets one, he hits his little celebration dance. Everybody's like, oh, I remember that was a meme. That's really funny. Congrats, OBJ. And we're really happy that he's there. I'm happy he's there and got out of Cleveland. But at the same time, I don't think he's catching two. I don't know. I just feel like he's going to get When you have uh, OBJ and Cooper Cup a lot on the field less. at respective sides of the field, you're it's chaos regardless, right? You're, you're just going to have to have an right. exceptional defensive well, game that's defending why the pass. I wouldn't be surprised – I wouldn't be surprised that there are a couple surprising like Stat lines major plays from OBJ because 
there's so much coverage focused on Cooper Cup lately. We sleep game. on OBJ after you know, the I, uh, I wouldn't put after it. the Browns excursion, but I saw Jarvis Landry shout um, him out on Twitter the other day. I'm happy he's doing it. I, yeah. I could see it happening. I'm probably not taking either of those. Yeah, I just I kind of wanted them for relative comparison because like I think I think I would have to take the OBJ one way over the Joe Mixon oh, yeah. one. Um, next up, we've got plus 1,000 for the game going into overtime. Uh, what do you think about that? Plus 1,000. Just, game going just into because overtime. the world is insane and this entire season has been a shit pot that has been amazing with ridiculous playoff games, I think... I think I'm probably gonna I'm gonna puff on the game going into overtime. Oh, we're gonna. The first. We the both puff. We'll puff. We both puffing. Oh, that that feels good. This is a a good day for the, you know, just consensus of our political <laughs> culture. It's a great day for Canada and um, therefore the world. Yeah. So yeah, we all love Canada. Also, fuck the Freedom Convoy on a... Fuck the Freedom Convoy out my window. I note. hear you, bitch. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm you just were, glad their, uh, their horns aren't in the recording right let's, now. Let's not get under the impression that no one hears your voice. You are more than heard. Um, so, uh, for the last couple, I have some... I have a tale of two Super Bowl MVP prop bets that I just... I just want to compare both of them. One of them is just really galaxy brain, but the number makes me wet. Feel obliged to discuss <laughs> it. <laughs> like it's like something you got to talk about. Yeah. So the first one is Joe Burrow for Super Bowl MVP for plus two twenty five. How do you feel about that? If Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow will be the Super Bowl MVP. Does that make sense? However, I am yeah. only about 40% yeah. positive or comfortable that the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Therefore, Joe Burrow and the Cartiers is fucking doing it. Puffing. Oh, my God. You're going to be incoherent and pissing yourself by the end of this podcast. You might already be. Well, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think I can't we, handle my we, weed? Please cut off. I am offended right now. <laughs> it was just um, a lot to the down back to back, but your shit is clogged. So yeah, it, it actually is really clogged. I'm not getting a lot on these hits. I'm 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 gonna admit that for the integrity of the show. Uh, final final prop I want to look at is uh, another Super Bowl MVP that I thought was really interesting. Looking at all of the Super Bowl MVP odds. And I understand why it's this high. But Jalen Ramsey has plus 10,000 odds for Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I'm passing, but can we talk about it for a second? I think, and like, I think that this, like I said, we live in a just ridiculous world right now and the nfl has been all sorts of crazy i feel like this might happen and someone might make millions of dollars and for whoever has the balls to do this i respect you or i hate you because you have enough money to do that there is no reason this game couldn't be there decided. are only two cornerbacks in the history of the super bowl who have ever won the super bowl mvp i've already established why why a lot of things about this game 
may challenge precedent. But how is how? Wait, hold on. How <laughs> didn't you just puff on? Oh, but yeah, I guess your overall pass. Yeah, no, I just like want to talk thing. about it. I just want to talk about the fact that this game could easily. Yeah. Let me let me pull this up because I actually I actually have the page. I could imagine Aaron Donald pushing up the middle, rocking Joe Burrow shit as he throws a pass. So, Jalen Ramsey scoops it up for a, I, I a mean, couple interceptions, and that would do it. Larry Brown had two, so did Dexter Jackson against or no fourteen. Just to just to kind of like try to put some of this into perspective though so aaron donald you mentioned aaron donald is at plus 1200 for super bowl mvp odds which i think you know there's kind of some value there but it's not as it's not as juicy as that plus he's 10, gonna have to have like a force fumble or like three or four sacks or something to do it or like really impactful well plays, which you know I mean? is something we saw in the past decade from one of the people on this team von miller who has plus five thousand odds let me let me tell you some of the people who have equivalent odds as jalen ramsey of winning super bowl mvp van jefferson kendall blanton (laughs) matt gay leonard floyd that's my boy trey hendrickson uh yeah, Emac, Evan McPherson is there. And, I mean, let's be real. The way these last few games have gone, maybe the Evan McPherson plus 10,000 is or, the... or he could he could have the game he had in Cincinnati against the Packers where he missed, like, four kicks with Mason Crosby. Yeah, wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that suck if that was the Super Bowl he had? That game was one of the biggest cases of but the But, anyway, just, just cherry-picking some of the other names there, it just seems interesting to me because I feel like this game could be decided by a Jalen Ramsey pick six late in the game that would just it's true and it would be a controversial Super Bowl MVP awarding but I just feel like it makes it makes more sense than than some of the other names at plus 10,000 it just seems like a really high number for somebody who is we we can think is going to be really crucial to this game right like he is going to be critical, um, so you know. Again, I pass, but I just wanted to talk about it. It's worth talking about. So, of course, uh, besides the game itself, everyone loves the pageantry of the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody loves a really good halftime show. Seems like it's going to be fucking phenomenal this year, right? We got Snoop. We got. Dre, we got Eminem, we got Mary J. Blige, we got Kendrick Lamar. It is going to be one for the books, hopefully. Uh, You would think with all of those names in there, the NFL might be starting to get a little cooler to the idea of marijuana. Uh, Maybe they are, Chandler. You shared something on uh, on your IG recently that got me kind of interested uh, when the NFL decided to award $1 million. That is uh, U.S. dollars uh, for our Canadian <clears throat> listeners. Um, I don't know what that looks like in Canadian dollars, and frankly, I don't want to. Um, so It's like it, we're, we're talking like 1.25, basically. We're just like anywhere. a quarter worse than a million. <laughs> 
I told you anyway. You knew I was going to tell you anyway the second you said it. So anyway, the NFL announced $1 million in research funding to researchers at the University of California at San Diego and the University of Regina to study the impacts of cannabis and CBD on the pain management of elite athletes, which is, I don't know. Is that pretty fucking cool, Chandler? Or am I overreacting by thinking that's kind of fucking cool? I mean, it's definitely cool. I think when we're talking the NFL, a million dollars is like a penny, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) It's definitely a step in the right direction. I think it's mostly been prompted by uh, a lot of the surveys that were done earlier in the 2010s regarding like opiate use in NFL players and stuff like that. There's been a big push ever since then, obviously, to have alternatives to uh, opiates and things like that. Over half of NFL players that were surveyed at that time had used opioids during their career, and 71% reported some sort of misuse of drugs. And obviously, stuff like this is a step in the right direction. But I feel like we're always kind of throwing money down a well of like, oh, we'll, we'll look into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll research it a bit more. When there's uh, some decent re- uh, you know, research out there about the benefits of marijuana and especially in trying to avoid getting long-term addicted to opioids and things like that. It's a much safer and less risky alternative. And I guess, you know, it's kind of a unique thing to be able to survey former players and talk to them about their experiences and kind of make informed decisions about how you should be enforcing certain things across the league or not as they, you know, mostly haven't been enforcing things a lot of, a lot of times recently, but it's definitely a step in the right direction, but uh, shout out Saskatchewan. One person recently who has been an advocate for sports leagues, uh, you know, getting rid of bans on marijuana and trying to encourage the alternate uh, use to prescription opioids is Snoop Dogg, who is performing at the halftime show. Again, showing that maybe the NFL is cool with uh, showing their their stoner side. But maybe they're a little dialed back on that uh, because uh, there's a little controversy right now regarding uh, the NFL rejecting a Super Bowl commercial for weed maps. They rejected it. No real elaboration on it. Uh, but you know, just for a little context, uh, this year they are allowing sports betting commercials. They're allowing cryptocurrency commercials. They're allowing hard liquor commercials, you know, hard liquor, something that is uh, significantly more dangerous cryptocurrency, something that's kind of in its own sort of gray area, sports betting, and absolutely something fucking that is lame. Let me remind you. Yeah. Yeah. We're absolutely lame yeah be sure to buy the 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 non-fudgeable token of this show um the hash out cash coin oh wait no trailer park boys already did that shouts out yeah they did um tpb did it but simpsons did it simpsons did it i think it's interesting like sports betting is is still like legal in as many states as marijuana is legal in some capacity and they're allowing commercials for that. And uh, I don't know, some of some of the value placement seems odd to me, especially as they're trying to research how it could benefit them. They are, you know, they're probably going to have one of those big commercials with Snoop Dogg implying that he's going to use it to light some weed, you know. 
Have you seen those? The the Martha Stewart ones? Shouldn't even be plugging this. Oh, yeah. Fucking love yeah, those Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bic lighters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't burn your little yeah, thingies? those are fun. Those are eh, fun. Grow up. <laughs> yeah, grow up. Burn your shit. That's how you learn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, windy yeah. day. Who cares? It seems like there's a little bit of hypocrisy that sports betting, for example, is still illegal in like as many states as weed is illegal. And even though it's kind of had a, a court case that changes the the legality of it and weed still has a schedule one aspect to it you know when is this going to loosen up a little bit kevin durant's a partner with weed maps you know do, do you think that uh do you think that a weed maps commercial for the for the super bowl should be acceptable with some of the other things they have on there i mean i feel like it is if it's going to be it should be if it's going to be sitting alongside things like you know hard seltzer they're gonna have seven bud light ass, just like spirit yeah well there always are and, and some of the, the budweiser ones usually cute it's like a puppy or post that, yeah, malone shot or something <laughs> post malone <laughs> whoever you can horses post malone puppies really that's about it yeah that's about all you can ask for but yeah if you're gonna have beer and liquor and other things like that i think it makes sense if you're gonna start classifying it like that i guess one of the things they probably run into is that this is like the thing that is watched and also on like a main channel um there's a lot of places i think even in the united states where you can't run like marijuana related ads of any kind probably on anybody's airwaves at the present moment especially if it's illegal in the state even if it's you know especially if it's illegal at the state level and then obviously it's still illegal at the federal level so I don't think there's any, like, great reason for it. But I think it is funny that they claim to have, like, a restricted list of, like, the things you can't run a Super Bowl ad on. So it's, like, you can run an M&M's commercial where they, like, all explore their new sexuality in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't have Mike Tyson, like, smoking a spliff and punching a dude in the crotch. Like, come on. Those things can coexist, and I think they should. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think – I think it's it's the opening up what they've opened up and not running something like that that is that it feels hypocritical to me, you know. Yeah. You also can't run any ads on condoms, so don't try it. Really? That I didn't know. That's weird. Um they will allow ads for antidepressants and prescription birth control though. Okay. Well, that's good, I guess. So we made some all-star game reserve guesses last week that need to be <clears throat> hashed out, I believe. Yeah, we should just uh, we should just re-reference that because um, each of us did pretty well on one conference and not so well on the other, and then we each kind of ended up getting an extra credit point for all the reserves that came in, right? Well, for you know for the couple people who have replaced some injured guys. So um, just to remind everyone, I said that the West all-star team or all-star reserves would uh, consist in some way of Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. All of those were correct. The one I was wrong about was I said, Anthony Davis. It was Draymond Green. I kind of just thought, AD would get in there because a lot of weird injury stuff and the fact that he was currently on the court at the time of deciding. Uh, so I did really well on the West overall. And then 
Chandler wasn't too far off from that because you had Draymond, uh, but I think you had Paul George and Rudy Gobert. So PG was uh, the one who you had off, and then one of your wild cards was DeJounte Murray, who ended up making it in. So you get a bonus point for that. Then in the East, I ended up getting a bonus point for my LaMelo ball call because I did not do quite as well over there. Uh, Jarrett Allen, we can both agree, is is like maybe the biggest snub still remaining. Snub of remaining on the board, yeah. Yeah, because I, I would say it was LaMelo before that for me, but like now it's uh, Jarrett but, yeah, Allen. No, Jarrett Allen deserves some respect. He's not getting it. Um, cool for Darius Garland to be on there. I don't think either of us had him, uh, but... I thought about it. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's very deserved. I think you can definitely say it's deserved. I would have put LaMelo over him, though. Uh, I also feel like Miles Bridges deserved a place there um, because who was it we got? So the East Pool consisted of Jimmy Butler, who you and I both had, Darius Garland, who neither of us had, James Harden, who you had and I did not, Zach Levine, who we both had, Chris Middleton, who I think was a little more surprising and neither of us had, Jason Tatum, who both of us had, and Fred Van Fleet, who I believe both of us had. Am I right about that? I believe so, yes. Right. And then... Undrafted uh, to All-Star. I think he's one of like three or four people to ever do it. Yeah, so uh, we weren't too far off on that. Uh, Not too bad overall, especially with our bonus points getting us in there. Uh, So the All-Star game, I think, is going to be really exciting. Uh, I think they... Do they do the team draft like this thursday or next thursday it's something like that um we talked about that i believe we decided it was the 10th and the game was the 20th okay so it'll be this thursday right thursday yeah yeah it'll be this thursday this thursday they'll be doing that draft and i think the friday after that'll be really exciting to see so thursday is the trade deadline for the nba for those of you don't know what the NBA trade deadline is. It is a day once a year where they let Adrian Wojnarowski out of his house, and if he sees his shadow, we have six more weeks of discussing if Russell Westbrook can turn it around. Uh, we have seen some interesting moves so far. Not like earth-shaking, but definitely uh, shows some true colors and some storylines for a few teams involved. Uh, the the Trailblazers seem to really be kind of the team to talk about right now leading up to the trade deadline uh recently they decided to trade norman powell and robert covington to the clippers for eric bledsoe justice winslow keon johnson and a 2025 second round pick uh this move was really interesting i think they want to move off of norman powell's contract which is just a little bit longer um it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me from from the Blazers uh, standpoint unless they're blowing up uh, which you know it seems like some big news that happened today on Tuesday really kind of shows that 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 might be a thing right now the Blazers might realize that they might not have a, <laughs> a window anymore maybe they were a little late in realizing that but uh, they got rid of you know someone who's been a pretty dang good uh, two-way player Seems like they didn't get a lot tangibly to work with, so they're obviously not in a mode to win now. And uh, I don't know. 
And even the pick, they're kicking the can down the road a bit to 2025. Yeah, I think this was a major – I think this is a pretty fat L for the Trailblazers. Obviously, they have some more recent trade stuff that went down. I don't know if it's a complete all-out L, but it's uh, it definitely feels like they handed away a decent amount of talent for some belly button lint. So. so, I mean, enough foreshadowing. What happened today was CJ fucking McCollum got fucking traded to fucking New Orleans. <laughs> Are you upset about that? I'm just, I guess I'm a little bit upset because the situation at hand is really unfortunate for CJ McCollum. I think the basketball scenario is not very good. Although I would love to, to think that there could be a best case scenario where Zion comes back and maybe the perimeter playmaking and some developed ball handling from Zion Williamson means that you know, there will be some new scoring options between him, McCollum, and Brandon Ingram. But, you know, I'd kind of rather CJ McCollum gets to go to, like, a, a team where he can actually have a shot. But, Anywhere you know, else. you don't get to really wish for that for guys. Uh, he just – he's a really uh, – a, a person that people seem to love in the league, and I, I hope for the best for him. And I would love if this uh, New Orleans thing actually could work out. Uh, but it doesn't seem like – a great situation for him. Um, and then Josh Hart was, uh, was sent over to the Pelicans, probably the, the biggest like tangible name, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and who else? Didi Luzada, a first round pick and two future second round picks. Yeah. Or Larry Nance Jr. Tony Snell and CJ McCollum. So I guess I guess that move does kind of give you an interesting young player in Josh Hart, and it does give you it does give you some potential draft picks down the road. Uh, it's not it's not a terrible trade, um, but it's uh, not the great. Protection on that first round pick makes it so they can only land it if it falls between five and fourteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I guess that's not the best case scenario. Um, I don't know. The The Trailblazers have been having a rough go of it. With the Damian Lillard injury, I think they've had to really confront what this roster looks like, you know, below the top rung, and it doesn't look good. And the roster construction is a mess, and at the point they're at in Damian Lillard's tenure there, like, I don't, I don't see how they're able to really build a better team around him. And I know that Damian Lillard has wanted to stay in Portland, but when is it time? I'm not usually the guy who gotta, wants a superstar gotta... to move, but like, when is it time? <laughs> like, everybody, everybody's running from the grind. You better start running. Yeah, well, the grind has Damian Lillard pretty beat right now. Yep. So you know, get that guy, get that guy to a good situation. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see if in the off season we see a. Um, uh, trade happen for Damian Lillard. I would be highly skeptical that that would happen before Thursday. Um, but, I mean, you know, the trade deadline can always surprise you. It's it's what we secretly hope for. Um, just true. crazy we shit also like had that. Karis LeVert being sent to Cleveland, which is a great addition for them as they're trying to stay competitive down the stretch. Yeah, I think he offers some good scoring. I think Darius Garland is a really good... He's been a really good guard. 
I think that with uh, Sexton not playing as much, it's given him a little more opportunity to like have that backcourt to himself. And I think putting Karis LeVert in that position, uh, you know, I think Karis LeVert is someone who you could get like a really good like microwave score off the bench. You could possibly even like try to work him into the the starting lineup. And uh, he, I think he could really enhance Cleveland from a scoring standpoint without sacrificing too much of what that rotation does defensively. So, um, you know, I don't think like, I don't think Karis LeVert is ever going to hit the ceiling that we thought was possible for him like two or three years ago. But I think this is he a good situation. did hang 42 on the Bulls like four days ago. Oh, dang. I didn't see that. Ugh. He did. And uh, guess, <laughs> guess what the next game would have been? Uh, it was against the Cavaliers <laughs> for the uh... – Yeah, so that Levert move could could be a good situation for both uh, Karis Levert and, uh, and the Cavs. You know, kind of kind of interesting that Indiana is doing that though. I'm I'm having I'm having trouble seeing where Indiana's at because of uh, the trade that they absolutely fleeced the Sacramento Kings for. The Kings, how how, how the Kings are so bad from a front <laughs> office standpoint. Like that organization is such a fucking mess. I don't get it. It's like frustrating, honestly. Like it is, it is rough to see how they would get rid of someone like Tyrese Halliburton, and then get rid of Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson, and they're getting Demontis Sabonis, who I, I actually do like Demontis Sabonis. He's, you know, on a good day, he's like a poor man's Nikola Jokic, I suppose. Like doesn't do much for you in the paint, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. He feels three point shooting is mad. He feels like a young noodle Nikola Jokic, and he hasn't he hasn't really he hasn't really yeah. Done no, I mean, not not denying that. he's a decent scorer, uh, especially from like mid range. He's a big gangly dude. He can get in there, and but he can get some ultimately of those passes, this, in, which I, yeah. I think there's utility to that. But like he definitely but doesn't make that team better with Jeremy Lamb and, and Justin no. Holiday. And I was gonna say with his average stat line, realistically, how much is he gonna be able to do for the uh, Sacramento Kings? is more the question. I think, yeah, exactly what you said. The Pacers pretty much just stole <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton, it kind of feels like, from the uh, Kings, as far as I'm concerned. He's going to be a future all-star, no doubt. Yeah. I think he's going to get there someday. And I just did – the second I saw that drop, I was very confused. I don't understand why you would move Tyrese Halliburton, especially Walsh in the second year. The you know what I mean? shocked or stunned. Yeah, I would, he used one of those I, words. Well, why – how couldn't you be after you spent what like the 11th or 12th overall pick on him he looks really really good he's pretty well rounded as a player if he's given the right minutes an opportunity with a decent team i think he could be awesome and i think he's stepping into you know kind of a lateral situation move to the pacers i think they're like 19 and 36 right now which is you know pretty much on par with where he's coming from so not gonna turn things around right now but it's interesting to see teams that are you know lagging a little bit behind a little bit behind decide to pull something like this. I always love the weird trades that come out because it's never the big one you think's going to maybe happen. It's always just a menagerie of other B to C tier players that get moved around. Yeah, that, still that might be setting up for something in the off season, but in the off season or even just making, you know, 
addition in the short term. But these aren't really short-term investments here. I think Tyrese Halliburton at his age and his, with his ability, he's definitely going to be a— That's a steal. Hopefully. That's a, a steal. Yeah, that's a steal. They got absolutely fleeced. Like Because what? You're going to have contract control over him for another year or two at least after this? Yeah, and and then, you know, you you kind you of form have... an amicable relationship, you try to get him to stay there forever. Yeah. I mean, and I think he's, you know, he he's 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 great. He's a high effort player on both ends. He's uh, from, he hey, he went to Iowa State. What do you want me to say? Go Cyclones. Um, go Cyclones. But and Caitlin Clark. Shouts out Caitlin Clark. That's not Iowa State. Go Hawkeyes. I think the thing that is so surprising to me about this trade is that the Sacramento Kings were so unwilling to negotiate for Ben Simmons. Like, they pulled out of Ben Simmons' talks, and I was like, oh, I bet that they asked for Tyrese Halliburton and, and like, you know, Buddy Heald and maybe maybe a couple, maybe a pick or two. Uh, give, him, give him the whole fucking farm, you know? Well, I think it's... I think it's interesting because Ben Simmons said he wanted to go to a California team, although Sacramento would probably be the asterisk on that. Yeah. I don't see how they were so desperate to make a move that they were willing to do that trade, but there was Basically nothing they felt like it. they could figure out for Philly. Unless maybe the Sixers were just pushing the Tobias Harris like bundle really hard. I- yeah, maybe, if they really, maybe that's it. If they really were trying to bundle like that for that much money, that's not smart for anybody to be playing around with. But. Um, speaking of speaking of Ben Simmons, who just won't fucking be traded, but uh, let's just uh, pretend. I was hoping that was going to be a galaxy brain here for you. Do you have a galaxy brain take for me? Um, I just I just want to check in. I just want to check okay. in with you. Okay. James Harden hates where he's at. Uh, Ben Simmons hates where he's at. Like, do you think there do you think there's a move that's like beneficial to either team? So, I've seen the show Wife Swap, and I think this is kind of similar <laughs> to what would be happening here. So you're saying it only works if they get to go back to their respective teams at the end of the season to see how good they have it. It's only that. Did that and to rekindle the, their lost love with yeah exactly I think you know it's a it's a trial period <laughs> Ben Simmons comes back at the end of <laughs> the season who's to say that Joel, Ben Simmons can't KD just go shit his so pants and not... <laughs> he has spent so much money on fines and shit that are getting passed down from the 76ers it's insane I feel like he can't afford to not play basketball for much longer yeah it's it's ridiculous he also it's like becoming unsustainable he also can't like walk around Philadelphia he can't be like in that city in public like it's it's not safe (laughs) like that's crazy he's gonna get his ass beat yeah that's not a good city to be in that position five thousand percent um i mean do you think there's a do you think there's a good move for him anywhere right now like or do you think it it is just gonna have to wait till the off season because i feel like the the kings were the kings were the ones they had to pull and obviously the Kings were ready to be robbed this uh, trade deadline. Yeah, they were very willing and able to be taken advantage of, as they just told us. So I'm surprised that didn't happen. But, no, just for the money. I mean, if they are really that insistent on packaging them together, I don't think there's any way to move them both. And I think that's kind of been the impression from the get-go. Then why not just, why not just settle for moving one? <laughs> Wouldn't that be... 
I don't know. Just flip them around. Just just flip them around. You just... you you come over here. You come down the assholes in Philadelphia, and I'll I'll get after the fine folks in New York, and we'll All figure right, it out. All right. So what we got here is a three way trade. We got Russell Westbrook. We got Ben Simmons. We got James Harden. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, throw Damian Lillard in there. And then let's throw Bradley Beal in there. And we'll just put their names out of a hat. And the Actually, GM Bradley of Beal's each team gets to... Yeah, I saw that, the wrist surgery. But each team right. gets to draw a name out of a hat. And and then they get whichever player they draw out of the hat. How do we determine draft order? We draw names out of a hat. <laughs> That doesn't do 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 do. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> With the first selection, <laughs> do you have a galaxy brand eleventh hour trade you think could work out? Um, I do. Let's hear yours. It's not real. It's not supposed be to be. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not real. Let LeBron go back to Cleveland. LeBron going back to Cleveland. I love Listen. it. Like, tell me what the trade looks like, though. Like, you know. I don't know. Whatever the fuck you can put together money wise, just cap space wise, send it over. Just let him come back. Just, <laughs> just let him, let do, him it. do it. Just let him do it. We, we let everybody else do whatever they want. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. That is my takeaway from this um, whole chronicle. I guess finally, let's award a Golden Duchy today, and I think we both agree it's going to the Trailblazers, blazing a big old Portland, Portland Duchy. Um, Get your Portland shit together. I think they could have addressed some other issues. Uh, you know, they could have addressed some issues in this roster like a year ago, and maybe had a better time. Uh, now, now it feels like they're gonna blow it up. I'm, I'm like curious. Like, does Yusuf Nurkic go somewhere else? Like, do they, do they move Dame Lillard somewhere at the? At I feel the like that's the respect, or? the respectable thing to do if you're gonna waste his time this hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Portland, you got a golden duchy because you just do not seem to understand how to make a roster. Uh, and that is it for the hash out today, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are looking forward to the Super Bowl this weekend. We are looking forward to other uh, moves Super before Blunt the Sunday. trade deadline. Super Blunt Sunday, baby. Uh, but we will be back uh, next week. We'll probably do uh, some post-Super Bowl chat. Probably talk a little about the upcoming All-Star Game. And we will see you later. <laughs> I do believe it is Regina as well. They will get pissed about oh. it. Oh, they Shout want me to pronounce Regina it listeners. I think so. Okay. I'm fairly certain. Okay. Um, University of Regina. I apologize for the mispronunciation. I mean no disrespect by that. It is just not how. <laughs> I hope I'm not leading you astray and that this is massively more. <laughs> <laughs>